Welcome to episode six of the Leading and Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Billy Schultz, from the Office of Alumni Relations at Concordia St. Paul. Today is November 19th, 2019. Today I'll be sharing a number of news items from CSP and then an interview with alumnus Antone Wilson. So first, some exciting news from CSP Golden Bears Athletics. As you may know, women's soccer won their first NSIC conference regular season title with a 15-1-2 record. In the conference tournament, they defeated Wayne State and St. Cloud State before falling in the finals to Minnesota State. However, with their strong regional ranking, their season continues this weekend. Uh, they'll be in Missouri facing Northeastern State on Friday morning. Uh, you should be able to catch the live stream of that online. Uh, and as we cheer our uh, Golden Bears uh, in their first experience in a uh, regional tournament. Uh, women's volleyball, they enter postseason conference play with a 22-7 and record. Uh, they finish second in the NSIC. Their conference tournament begins this weekend. Uh, they play Friday in Sioux Falls against Winona State, and you'll also be able to catch that online too. In the fine arts world, we're looking forward to this year's fun performing arts Christmas concert, which is titled Worship Christ the Newborn King. It takes place December 6th through 8th in the Buto Auditorium. If you're able to, please join us as our choirs and music ensembles perform a concert of sacred and other selections in celebration of the Christmas season. Tickets can be purchased online at ticketworks.com. Other fine arts events this fall can be found on our website, av.csp.edu events. There's some other musical ensembles performing, as well as uh, some theater and some art gallery events. So we hope you can uh, come to appreciate those as well. On the alumni front, we held our first Bears at the Brewhouse event last week at Urban Growler in St. Paul, and it was a really great time to connect with alumni and have three of our professors host uh, this event. And it was a first-time event, and we're really excited uh, that our second one is coming up in April at a brewery yet to be announced in Minneapolis. So stay tuned for more information about where and when and who's going to be appearing at that. Our next issue of the Concordia St. Paul magazine will be in the mail this week. We're excited that the cover story is about our incoming president, Reverend Dr. Brian Friedrich, and his wife, Lori, who are both CSP alums. We hope you read this issue and enjoy all the stories and articles within. And finally, in the celebration of uh, the season of giving, a generous friend of Concordia has promised to match all gifts to the Opportunity Fund dollar for dollar up to $150,000. This gift match goes through January 15th. So that means the impact of your donation will be doubled, which further enhances the opportunities for our students uh, today to become changemakers tomorrow. So we ask uh, that you consider giving a gift as you're able to Concordia. But if you're not able to give, um, volunteering is also a great way. If you visit our website, av.csp.edu slash volunteer, there's also lots of opportunities to give of your time as well to Concordia. You can also make your gift if you choose to do so at av.csp.edu. So today we have an interview with a CSP alumnus, Anton Wilson, who received his MBA in 2018. He lives in Florida and works in the fitness industry. He has a great story about how he came to Concordia and what impact his experience here had on his life and his career. I'm here today with Anton Wilson. He had uh, received his MBA from CSP in 2018. Uh, thanks for being with us today, Anton. It's an honor and a privilege to be here, man. Uh, 
first time being in Minnesota since I graduated. And, you know, just to look and see the growth on campus. You know, I came here right when the school was in the process of a little bit of a rebranding. And so, you know, the library looks way different. Mm -hmm. You know, the yeah. campus <laughs> store, just seeing the stadium, uh, I see the branding all over campus, which is great. And it really creates an atmosphere for a lot more, you know, unity and pride. And I think that's really what drives the college campus, uh, especially as that coincides with athletics. And so just being here for me, great atmosphere, really kind of takes me down memory lane, mm -hmm. seeing, you know, all these good things going on. And then thinking about when I was here, what was going on through my mind, especially as I'm kind of living it out now. So this is just a surreal moment for you, and I'm really happy to be here, and I'm happy to be here on this pod and kind of talk about what I got going on. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad that you're here, and I would agree. Like, even uh, having coming, come back to campus uh, to begin working here again, yeah, it's there's a lot of changes, and, and it's, it's all positive, and it's exciting because there's this sense of um, like you said, unity throughout the campus. So yeah, that's, uh, thanks for noticing that. I'm sure, 100%. I'm sure marketing people like to hear that too. Uh, 100%. That, you know, it is noticed. So, um, can you talk a little bit about, uh, where you live now, what you do for work and, uh, and what that's like? For sure. Now I have an interesting story. Um, upon graduating, you know, I knew I wanted to live in Florida. Um, uh, my family has, you know, relocated there. I had an aunt that I lived with prior to attending CSP. So I moved out to Florida and, um, actually coaching football. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a story. So I knew I wanted to coach football. I coached football when I was here. And so I got a job offer from IMG Academy, mm. which is almost yeah. like the mecca of, you know, high oh, school yeah. athletics, uh -huh. a lot going on. And my dad had been pushing, saying, apply. They have all different jobs. You know, it's booming. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to work there. I, I don't really see it for me. I just didn't like it. And benefits, that was a big thing coming out of mm -hmm. college. I just didn't want to do it. And so I, I got a job offer from there. I interviewed and okay. I turned it down and I took a job at a school called St. John Paul Academy in Boca Raton okay. for about $3,000 oh and I was gosh. living on my friend's couch. And it was, for me, it was my first time being in a leadership position because I was going to be the defensive coordinator. Another challenge as a football guy, because I had always coached on the offensive side of the ball, I was an offensive player, knew long term I wanted to coach. I knew, you know, if I could understand defense a little better definitely helped me kind of broaden my skill set. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. I'm in Florida, where I want to be. I'm now, I was in the Tampa area. Now I'm in, you know, South Florida, I'm in Palm Beach County. Mm -hmm. Palm Beach, Broward Day, the Tri-Counties, probably some of the best high school football Absolutely, in all of America. Yeah. <laughs> and so, great opportunity. And so, <laughs> it's just so funny telling this story. And so, I'm coaching, and after about two months, I'm like, I need to make some money. <laughs> like, this is actually a problem now. And so for me, I came from the sports performance world. I had worked with some pro athletes, and, you know, I'm a certified strength conditioning specialist. So that's what I had done for a while was kind of working with, you know, improving performance, helping guys get, you know, to that next level, whatever it may be, whether it be from high school to college, college to the pros. And so that's what I did. And so like, I'm going around town, going to all these facilities, and it's like September, October. I'm saying, you know, you guys have any work going? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Like, Sorry, man. Like, we love your resume. It's not the season. We have no business coming on right now. Like, it's very difficult for us. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I see a guy at Starbucks, and he's wearing a shirt, and it says DVNS specialist. I'm like, well, what's this? I'm like, hey, hey, boss, what, what, um, what company is that? He's like, yeah, I work at this gym. Um, I'm an independent contractor. It's in Boca. Hmm. It's called uh, the Facility for Personal Training. Come check it out. Yeah, uh, this is the owner. Here's his name. Um, walk in. I go in there with my resume, and the front desk goes, and she, she kind of blows me off. She's like, hey, whatever. I'm like, 
man, this, and this is my last option because I'm like, looks like I'm going to have to train regular people. You know, I yeah. never work. I briefly worked with, you know, that kind of older population. I always been, you know, athletes. So it already was difficult for me. Then the owner came out. He saw my resume. And he's like, oh, come to my office. Come to my office. So I go in and he's just like, there's not a lot of guys like you, you know, from my health education background. You know, he really valued a CSCS. His brother was a PhD in uh, exercise physiology. He's also a physician. Oh, cool. And his brother used to always tell him that a CSCS is the gold standard in the, um, the fitness industry. So because I had that, he, it kind of locked him into me. Yeah. And so, you know, he presented an opportunity to say, we're not in the season, but I want to give you a shot. So I ran wow. with it, man. <laughs> and so um, next thing I know, I was there for about a year or so. So I was coaching ball. We'll talk about that more down the road. Coaching ball and um, opportunity presented itself to be the director. And so... He uh, offered me a position. The position didn't exist prior to where I was going to be, you know, the director of personal training and the product manager. So more or less, I guess you can define as a general manager of the whole facility. And what that entailed for me was managing all the trainers in regards to the the protocol process. So when our clients come in uh, from getting, you know, stepping on our scale, which is like an in-body, which does, you know, measurements of the musculoskeletal system, mm. evaluates the inflammation in the body, uh, gives you a breakdown of, you know, uh, the water in your, your muscle mass, mm-hmm. you know, the water weight that you have, as well as, you know, telling you really like, you know, a muscle analysis of, you know, how strong right arm versus your left oh, wow. arm is, oh. you know. It, super high-tech stuff. <laughs> super high-tech stuff. So from there, they step on that scale, and then we put them through a, a group of standardized tests. So I, I created the system where from there we take the standardized tests. Upon putting them on that, we align them with a trainer who fits them from a social standpoint relative to how that person interacts with us and then what it is that they're trying to do. And so our staff consists of about 15 to 16 uh, individual, ind- independent contractors rather, and they come from all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So we have some guys that were, you know, former Major League Baseball players, former, you know, uh, college professors, uh, boxers. I mean, hmm. we have people from all different walks of life, but with, you know, a lot of knowledge in the fitness realm. And so, you know, I always say we have someone for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it was, it's very easy because I can, you know, I have, an, I have a superstar team. I, can, I have very good trainers, and so it makes it very easy to kind of say, okay, this is where we're at. I have all the objective information in front of me, and so once I know what it is that you're trying to do, because upon their evaluation, we can put them in, you know, six categories. Are they, you know, a general wellness client? Are they there for, you know, uh, rehabilitation? Mm-hmm. Are they there to, you know, improve performance? We have a big golf population. Oh, yeah, of course. Are they there for general weight loss? Are they there to build muscle? Are they there for toning? And so... Based on those, you know, we can find a trainer mm-hmm. for them. And so from there, the next step is after four weeks, because we have this high-tech piece of equipment, we want to evaluate where they're at. You know, we want to see, you know, if they're progressing, perhaps is the program design working, um, or maybe is, how's their behavior? Are they eating the right mm-hmm. things? Are they staying hydrated? Are they sleeping enough? So it gives us, you know, a little sample size of where we're at and how we need to address things moving forward. So I, when I first stepped in this position, I wanted to systemize those things. So created a, a database of every single client wow. <laughs> that had stepped in. I'm big into data. That's um, awesome. Data yeah, tracking. Yeah. Got it from, you know, the football world. Mm-hmm. If the information's in front of me, then I have the answers to the test. And so from there track everything, get them on the, uh, what we, it's called an in-body. And then from the in-body, 
it allows us to see where we're at. And so mm-hmm. hopefully we try to get the clients, you know, quantifiable results in. And it's all personalized and then, and then versus, we, uh, everything's you know, personalized. Here, here's our cookie cutter approach. It's here's, here's what your goal is. Here's what we can do based on your current state and where you want to be. Absolutely. That's and so cool. What's, what's really cool about where I work is that I, the owner and his brother, his brother, uh, also a military man, mm. along with the physician, probably yes. one of the most unique individuals mm-hmm. I've ever spoken to. Uh, he created a system. It's called Dynamic Variable Neuromuscular Stimulation. And uh, we call it DVNS. And so okay. all the trainers. Now, are, that was the t shirt. The t shirt. That's, that's, tra- that's the yep. t shirt that yeah. attracted me. Yes. And so all the trainers on the back of our shirts, we recently changed. They used to say DVNS specialist. And, um, D, what DVNS is was, you know, I guess you'd call it like a, a mode of exercise, but it could be integrated into anything that you're doing. Okay. And it's essentially trying to take you to, you know, uh, muscle failure, you know, conscious muscle failure. And so, you know, let's say you do a traditional, you know, set of dumbbell bench, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, everyone does, you know, three sets of 12 or four sets of eight, whatever, you know, your desired objective is. Well, in this system, especially, might I add, I didn't say this, we work with people 40 and up. Okay. Out, and then the Boca Raton area where there's a lot of retired yeah, folks. Yeah, it's generally an older population yes. there. And so because we market to 40 and up, um, those people obviously you know, have all sorts of issues, a lot of the, and a lot of them aren't working mm-hmm. anymore. And so what happens is they become sedentary. Yes. And if you haven't worked out for a very long period of time and you, know, you start moving, it becomes very difficult. And, you know, you put dumbbells in their hands and there's a lot of risk, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and especially if you only come in two times a week. So for one, I don't have the time to teach them all these movements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're already at risk. So I got to keep them safe. Yeah. And so that's what we market, you know, and all our marketing, uh, Fred Steinberg, the owner, is a marketing genius. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, nice. five different industries. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, says no gym intimidation. And so our lights are real low and, you know, the music's really low. And so with this system, okay, we talk. And so it's very much, you know, I'm interacting off of you. So back to the dumbbell bench. (laughs) I got these dumbbells in my hand, and I say, give me three reps, just a benchmark for, you know, how difficult the weight is for you. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Okay, now from there, what I want to do is, um, let's break down the words. Neuromuscular, connecting the mind with the with uh connecting your mind with your body mm-hmm. okay so now okay now i understand what i'm doing now the variable the variable being um i just did you know a full extension dumbbell yeah. bench now the variable is constantly changing so i might say five reps with the right five reps with the left three reps together and so i want to take them to a point in which they're totally exhausted and i can do it with 10 pounds and now they're struggling 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 and that's how you actually get the body to adapt rapidly by taking it to the state of exhaustion and so what that does over an extended Mm -hmm. period of time um is it allows you to build muscle and burn fat simultaneously because we're actually working the type one and the type two muscle fibers which be um, fast twitch and slow twitch. I'm working the muscle stimulus. However, I'm also conditioning it simultaneously. So I can work you to exhaustion with the squat. I can do it with, you know, all our machines. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool because it allows people who have no knowledge of exercise to really get pushed without moving heavy weight and keeping them safe. And so integrating that system and kind of seeing where our trainers are at, monitoring the progress, um, and most importantly, the budget. And so, like with mm-hmm. our budget, it's 
What are trends in the industry, and what, do, what kind of equipment do these people like using and creating, you know, an atmosphere where they're saying, oh, I want to try that. It's almost mm-hmm. what we call animation. So, like, we have, we use a lot of uh, different apps. Like, we have a thing called the Blaze Pod, or we have lights, where mm. people will... Um, tap lights and integrate them with their movements or something called Tabata wow. where you know 20 second exercise uh, we do set for 20 seconds 20 se- 10 second rest set for 20 seconds 10 second rest <laughs> while still integrating our system in doing what it is that we do so kind of integrating this tech into our training methods is something that I do as well in really just the daily operations make sure things are moving you know smoothly and you know our vision is coinciding with, you know, who we are mm-hmm. and, you know, keeping that presentation to our company as a whole. So mm-hmm. I'd say that that's more or less what I do. Oh, that's, Give me a little backstory. Yeah, that's right so now, fascinating so. how, yeah, and, you know, the the traditional ideas of the fitness industry and gyms versus, yeah, what, what this new technology brings into, you know, it, it, there's opportunities, but there's challenges in that. And it sounds like you you know, embrace that head on and, and really enjoy that, that aspect of your work. hundred percent. And it was the first time for me, I had been coaching football for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got my MBA. And so that's where I kind of thought, you know, I want to think about this like a manager. And so that was my first, you know, total leadership position. You mm-hmm. know, I have control and I look at it no different. These are my players. And, you know, I have a lot of whiteboard meetings and I literally mm-hmm. evaluate it. Like I'm just evaluating my personnel and I'm just trying to put them in the best position to succeed. So Absolutely. really cool. I try to always find that correlation between business and sport because they're really the same thing. And there's really no other, no other um, thing that correlates to that, like football, because football, you have 11 people on the field mm-hmm. simultaneously. Translates very well to a business environment because I have so many people, I have so many employees that you got to manage. You know, basketball this is just five. I mean, I have a floor of 15 trainers. Yeah. What's going on? Uh-huh. So, really great. And that's where, you know, my educate. I had no prior knowledge of business okay. in stepping in that position. So, the MBA program for a guy like me really, you know, helped my mind evolve and really just transcended my thought process. Yeah. So, so it was that your decision to pursue the MBA based on this experience that you were already having and, and wanting to kind of dig deeper into the business world? Culmination of many things. Okay. Um, now, my dad is very big into education. He has two master's degrees himself. Awesome. I was a terrible student in high school. My I had. <laughs> and, um, and, it, and it limited my opportunity to get mm-hmm. scholarships. And so I had to go to a junior college for two years. And I told myself, because I was very dedicated to playing football, that I will never let you know academia put a limitation on opportunities that are presented to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to uh, get my associate's degree, I was a phenomenal student. Nice. I started dedicating myself to the library, reading, putting in the extra time, waking up early, developing the habits. And so from there, I really just developed this passion to learn. Um, and so like, I always knew that I wanted to coach coach football, and I always wanted to help people. But um, I didn't necessarily know how to kind of monetize that because I, I had different pa- – I never wanted to just be a coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I learned a lot about the human body. Um, I'm also a licensed EMT. Okay. And I'm also a trainer, a certified strength conditioning specialist. And so, you know, you tie these different components. I think about my skill set. Well, how am I going to monetize this? Because there's no one that really does the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And so getting the MBA allowed me to say, okay, how can I be me and take the skills that I have and kind of create, you know, my own lane to where I can monetize that and, you know, live life on my terms in something in, in an innovative manner. Mm-hmm. And so the MBA really just opened my world up to, you know, um, evaluating markets, understanding, you mm-hmm. know, the landscape of the economy 
and you know, really just understanding how to manage people and how you can keep integrate a system into keeping things uh, sustainable. Yeah, you know, to the point where it can essentially you know run itself. And so, all those components really drove me as business was the perfect thing because you know it's so broad. Yes, and so I, I didn't. I already kind of had specialized specialized background, and so business was say, like, okay, this is the icing on the cake for mm-hmm. me. Although I actually want to go back to school. Yeah, but the MBA was. I'd say life changes. So that's what drove me down that lane. Yeah. And then like, how did you come to Concordia then? And, and <laughs> like, where'd you discover us and, and, and what made this uh, institution, this university appealing to you in, in pursuing that degree? <laughs> One better. Um, so I actually finished my undergraduate degree and I moved out to Florida and it was almost like a restart for me. Okay. So I kind of took all, I didn't even say this. I blew my knee out two times. Okay. In football. In football. And so Oof. I dedicated my life to going pro. And so tearing my ACL made me realize, okay, like, dude, you're going to have to find a career now. Like, this doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. And so fortunately enough, I had already developed good study habits. After my second ACL tear, I thought I wasn't going to play again. Yeah. My dad, being a military man, um, you know, he's just like, you know, if you go in the military, it'll allow you to go back to school. It'll pay for mm-hmm. your school. I love physical fitness. I love pushing myself. I love the mental challenge. And I'll learn a trade. Uh. All those variables was very appealing to me. So I actually moved to Florida. I had a pretty good job. I was working as a trainer. I was around a lot of NFL players, physical therapists, a really good environment. And so I was saying, okay, let me prep and do this, and then I'm going to join the military and go back to school. Um, Try to join the military. I got rejected. Really? Okay. Scored high on my ASVAB. um, Scored a 300 on my uh, PT test. Mm -hmm. They rejected me. My dad writes a letter to the congressman, starts, you know, hitting up his military connect saying, you know, my son, X, Y, Z, he got rejected. I don't know, like, what's going on. The congressman rejects me. I get rejected again. And so now at this point, I had been working. I'm saving up money. Everything is to, you know, go in the military. Well, now that option's Mm -hmm. exhausted. How am I going to go to school? And how am I going to pay for it? (laughs) Yes. That's where I found myself. And so now I'm like, well... I'm working in a gym where there's NFL players and PTs everywhere. So I'm like, well, I have the resource. I'm getting back in shape. Let's give football another go. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically enough, one of my best friends, uh, his name's Jarrett Williams. That's actually why I'm here. Okay. He, uh, actually, he just bought a club downtown. It's called Monarch. Mm. And so he, I'm very connected to him. We went to college together. And he had a friend, that a uh, kid that he grew up with, that was a quarterback that had just transferred here. Oh, wow. And CSP had just got a new head coach, mm-hmm. uh, Shannon Courier. Yep. And he really was trying to, again, with the school's whole vision and everything, was trying to rebrand the school. He brought in a whole bunch of transfers, about 45 yeah. new players coming in. And he had some success here, so he knew exactly what mm-hmm. it was looking like. And so I found myself in an interesting situation because I couldn't transfer up. I graduated from a D3 school. Okay. So the way the NCAA rules work is if you go to a um, – if you graduate from a D3 school and you want to play again following, you know, your – your graduation as a graduate student, mm-hmm. then... Because that's like one more year of eligibility yes, on top yes, of that. Yes, yes, but I had the eligibility because I blew my knee out twice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would have to play at the school I graduated from at the D3 level. Hmm. D3 and D2 have this rule where it's based on semesters, okay. which, which um, validate your eligibility mm-hmm. because I still had, you know, four semesters to play two years of football. Yeah. So I actually was supposed to go... The initial plan was to go to UCF. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, anyhow, I had a coach that I knew. The that. real national champions, right? The real national champions. Yes, they did. And they beat, I believe that year they beat Auburn. Yep. And um, 
the other two, they beat Auburn and Georgia. Georgia, yeah. And it's funny because those two teams both beat Alabama, uh-huh. who won the national championship. The irony in that. But nonetheless, <laughs> this is the year UCF was winless. Okay, yeah, And yeah, so yeah. I was going to go there. And um, none, anyhow, my five-year clock ran, my six-year clock oh, ran yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, my, I exhausted the time. I'd been out of high school too, uh, college too long. And so I couldn't go to the D1 level. Okay. So I had one option. I could only play D2 ball because I wasn't going back to school. Mm-hmm. So my friend hits me up and says, I have a quarterback. He's looking for receivers. Do you want to play? He's like, he's went going to a new school. They got a new head coach. It just worked out. And I'm like, well, Minnesota. Like, <laughs> shoot. So I made a, I made a video um, of all my training. I, mm-hmm. I made a, a compilation of my high school and my JUCO nice. highlights. I stayed in my situation. And I sent it out to the coach. Didn't hear back. It's a uh, middle of, like, June. And I'm, like, still looking for a school. Mm-hmm. Kind of just going through it. And the Shannon Courier uh, hits me up. And he's like, hey, Anton, I saw your tape. You know, I spoke to, um, you know, Ricardo and Ricardo's dad. Ricardo was a quarterback that played here. And his okay. dad was, um, you know, a mentor for my friend. Nice. And so he had connections to the coach. He said, you know, they, they spoke very highly of you. You know, I'm building a new program. We love to kind of bring you in. You know, you're an older guy. We think your leadership would help. I'm just, you know, drooling. Like, okay, give me an opportunity to play ball. Uh-huh. And um, so I'm like, yeah. I didn't even oh, visit so cool. the school. Yeah. Knew really nothing about it. I just knew that there was a new coach. I was 23 years old, and I was trying to get one semester of film. If I got one semester of film, I was hoping I can go play in Canada mm-hmm. or go play overseas. I yeah. just wanted to play ball, man, to be honest with you at this point, because I was around you know, uh, some pros, Andrew Hawkins, one guy, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and him and Lance Moore. They were oh, the yeah. two marquee NFL mm-hmm. guys that were in the facility. They're around me every day, and they're saying, hey, man, like, you got trials yeah. signed up? What do you got going on? I told them my situation, and Hawk was just saying, you got to get, you got to go play in college, man. You got to get some film, go to school, go to school. Uh-huh. So this influence from him was, I was just like, right, I, I did do. So I got this opportunity. I worked like crazy all summer. So here I am at CSP. Third day, I, um, I move in. I just say bye to my mom. The experience is going great. I, you know, immediately become a leader on the team. Nice. And I had a coach prior to, so I knew the whole offense, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> I knew all five skill positions. So I'm getting worked in at running back, inside receiver, outside receiver. Mm-hmm. And coach is kind of riding me two days in. Like, who is this guy? But it's working. Third day, I blow my knee out. Oh, my gosh. And um, Was this the second time or is this a This thir- is the third oh time. And so, again, I oh. had no one. Coming to CSP was initially just a football decision for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, this is over. I came, I came all the way up here. I came all this? the way up here. Yeah. And now this is over. And actually, my girlfriend at the time was an undergrad here. Okay. She was moving out here with me, still hadn't got here yet. And so I'm like, well, I have an opportunity to get my MBA at a very affordable price. Mm-hmm. I just got to make it work. And yeah. I had a friend here, no other connection. So I'm like, let me just make it work. And so from there, I just told myself, I have to get involved on campus and make my make my what make my uh, time work. Yeah. And so, so that's just really exactly what I did. And so, you know, I immediately started studying the university, the market, uh, the direction of the university, and you know, what opportunities may be presented to myself upon graduation. And mm-hmm. so knowledge of Concordia really had none prior to. But I knew that uh, when I was here, I, I saw, you know, an opportunity and I ran with it. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the highlights then once you um, got here, you know, started taking classes? What are some of the highlights of your experience 
<laughs> so it started, man. I actually for I stepped away from the team for a week, and then I just I love football so much. I said, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, they brought me on. I became a I became a student assistant. Oh, cool. And so next, a wide receiver coach. He had some ish, uh, an illness in the family, mm-hmm. so he was coming and going. I was actually the, basically the full time wide receiver coach. Oh, cool. I was running the room, running the meetings. You know, I had a lot going on. So I'm. You already know. Two the weeks offense? ago, I was yeah. a player. Uh-huh. Now I'm um, I'm a coach. Doing film, and I'm going crazy, and I'm I I loved it, and I'm also working in the library. Okay, so I'm working cool. in the library, and that was great because it kind of kept me, you know, involved on campus. And then I start, then school starts. Mm-hmm. I have great professors, and you know, I start meeting my classmates. From there, actually, I um, was fortunate enough to study abroad, and then I actually used to write for the school newspaper. Oh, cool! And so. All those different components. I mean, I just got as involved on campus as possible. So that was definitely the highlight for me. Was Mm -hmm. just there was one point where I was actually working six jobs. You know, between being here, the coaching, the Mm -hmm. school, and then you know, off campus. And so, just the whole experience as a whole. I mean, it was it went by so fast. Mm -hmm. I was so active. Yeah, that's that's a lot going on. But it's so cool to see that like you took opportunity to really invest in other areas, including football, but. But, you know, it wasn't the way, obviously, you envisioned it, but, <laughs> but, but you made the best of it, which, which, is, which is super encouraging, super cool. Uh, do you have any uh, favorite professors uh, I do. from your, from your I actually, program? I wrote it down, actually. Um, Thomas Hansen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he started the program, and uh, he's, he's great, great influence for me. You know, I spoke to him. I'm actually going to go talk to him after this. Nice. Uh, he was great. Um, and, you know, I kind of began thinking about what I'm doing now for a career, um, Kind of finding the lane between you know, man, uh, training athletes, managing people, coaching, nutrition, you know, media, all those things. And so I'm telling him about this. You know, I never heard of that before, but you know, it sounds good. You know, I had a vision. I had five, ten, fifteen year mm-hmm. goals. And, you know, he really supported my nice. vision. And so I greatly appreciate that. Um, Christine Kudelka. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I said her name right. She was my marketing professor. Okay. And uh, her passion, I mean, she really knew the industry and she just had a fire. She would stand on the tables <laughs> and stuff. I was just like, wow, like, I love this lady. Like, it really just kind of drove me to look at it from a different lens. And then another professor, uh, Scott Morrill. Oh, and Morrell, yeah, Morrell. yeah, yeah. And, you know, he did some consultant work and, you know, he had uh, he did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And I had him in a research methods class and I wrote in, we had a research proposal. And oh. I'm a big research guy. And so what stood out to me about his class was um, it was an opportunity kind of for me to kind of see what I can really dive into. So I wrote this paper. It was called How Football Coaches Establish Their Philosophies and Interpret Their Strategies. Oh, it turned out to awesome. be 75 pages. And oh, I worked wow. <laughs> on it for like two weeks nonstop. And, you know, just from like what he did for a career and, you mm-hmm. know, he just had so much knowledge of research and how to attack it. I just wanted to like show him I was capable. Uh-huh. And so, you know, just like what he did just inspired me. So, you know, he didn't really, he wasn't like that vocal. And, you know, the class, we didn't really have that many assignments, but just, you know, his background in the field, in the subject matter was just great for me. You know, having met him, that really allowed me to be able to dissect things and really just kind of attack subject matter from any which angle. And so I hope to release that paper down the road. I'd like to get it published. Yeah, that would be very Probably my best piece of work. But between both of them, um, all those professors, 
And uh, Shannon Curry, obviously, because, you know, mm -hmm. he created that opportunity for me. And so, you know, if he didn't, you know, just think of this grad student who was broken with, you know, two ACLs, mm -hmm. come on, we'll give you a shot. None of this would be possible. And so I'd say that those are definitely my biggest influences here. Yeah, that's super cool. Super cool. Um, what would you say are the biggest impacts CSP has had on your life and career? Uh, you know, looking what you've done so far and now uh, looking into the future. I would say growth, man, off the simple fact that here was where I kind of looked at it from being way more than just an athlete. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, well, I want to write, you know, I want to coach. And I actually started um, when I was here, there were some guys that were prepping, you know, for like NFL and CFL tryouts. Yeah. So I had my own combine prep program. This is where I st oh, wow. stepped away huh. from um, coaching. Mm -hmm. And it, it was difficult for me, but I knew I wasn't going to be here long term. And I didn't want to recruit kids in here and just so I'd be gone. Yeah, and build be a relationship point. and say bye. And yeah. so I was just like, you know what? I don't want to break those ties from a commitment standpoint to these players. And so that's why I was thinking, let me create my own lane and help prep these guys for the next step and be a mentor on campus. And I, they knew me as a coach. Mm -hmm. And so um, doing the combine stuff, prepping guys from a training standpoint, being a mentor on campus, helping guys with the direction of their mm -hmm. grades, also being a writer for the school newspaper, mm -hmm. working in the library. So it was just like, well, all these things are fantastic. Why can't I make this a career for myself where mm -hmm. I'm doing this all the time where, you know, I, ha I get a bigger platform and I can get more athletes. I can, you know, leave my footprint on, you know, every school in the country or, you know, different, you know, f uh, football programs mm -hmm. or, you know, different leagues. So, like, CSP gave me the vision of, Anthony, you can be so much more than a football coach. It, I don't think that any of that would have been possible if I didn't just, you know, come here and, you know, seize opportunities to really understand what my value can yeah. be. And it, what's great is that CSP was in a transition, again, of kind of rebranding itself and mm -hmm. building its adult online programs, um, bringing there's a lot of out of state students, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like myself, because campus is more affordable. And, um, you know, I, I kind of fit the mold perfectly. I think uh -huh. I definitely embodied every everything um, CM, CSP was about and its direction moving forward. So just kind of capitalizing at and I wanted to kind of think, OK, if I was going to maximize this opportunity, I think I could be the blueprint for, you know, another kid coming from Massachusetts or Florida, per se, that wants to come to CSP. Well, Minnesota, why would I ever go to Minnesota, yeah, it's, they're thinking. It's but thought for a lot of people. in retrospect, you know, look at this alum. He did X, Y, and Z in Minnesota while he was here. And these are the opportunities, you know, post-career in athletics. Let me replicate that blueprint. Yeah. And so... So I may have got off no, the, that, that's, uh, question a little yeah, bit. That's, no, that's, but that's perfect. That's more I mean, or that's, less, I would say, my takeaway mm -hmm. from CSP was understanding what I can truly do. Yeah, yeah, and it's huge to, to know like these gifted areas that, that you discover and that you develop more because, I mean, it just opens the door for so much more uh, for, your, for your life and continued learning and growth. Uh, once you start down that path of, oh, yeah, I can do this. Oh, yeah, I know this now. Like, I've done this. Like, it just... Yeah, that, that's such a gift to, to have that from your academic experience. 100%. Yeah, so we were talking earlier before we started recording um, that, that you have a, a job transition coming up and some yeah. new opportunities down the road. Would you like to talk a little bit about that and, and what's coming for you? 100%, man. I'm very excited. So I'll be stepping away from the facility uh, where I work at now uh, within the near future. Me and the owner are on very good terms. He's a mentor for me as well. And so he kind of knows, you know, they're a small mom and pop you know, business. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just, I have a lot of energy and, you know, <laughs> I just, I want to do my own thing. And so mm -hmm. started my first company. It's called Hyperspeed Performance. 
um, taking, you know, very much that challenge of um, connecting the mind and the body, uh, neuromuscular control, balance, coordination, injury prevention. And so it allows me to kind of work with, you know, high-level athletes, but also, you know, that older population, you know, who has, you know, difficulty, um, you know, just staying afloat or living a healthy mm -hmm. lifestyle. So yeah. that's kind of my demographic for that. And uh, just really sports performance training. Mm -hmm. And so it's just my own, um, my own company where I'll be kind of working out of gyms, working at fields, but I'll also be providing management services cool. for like my mm -hmm. athletes where looking to connect with agents down the road where we have a brand uh, and a strategy mm -hmm. for these guys yeah. to, this is a sports performance, this is your representation, this is what you're doing with your money, These are this is your involvement with the community, and this is what you're going to do post-career cool. and kind of being that mediator and hopefully looking to build a brand where, you know, I can be, you know, a powerful force within the football world, mm -hmm. but most probably the football world, Yeah, I, I yeah, would yeah. say. So that's what hyperspeed is okay. for me, but I also... Um, we're going to build a media company awesome. to where big thing for me is controlling the platform. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, LeBron James has definitely segued this where, you know, he has um, Uninterrupted, which is mm -hmm. a, a platform for athletes to kind of showcase their story. Uh, he has another one. I don't have, know, know it off the top. And it gives, I want to create a media platform where athletes can kind of share their journey, mm -hmm. uh, you know, show their, their daily process. And also like they're, they're um, bring like a camera on the field with them, okay, and then also their involvement in the community and just kind of broadcasting everything that they're actually doing because there's so much more than athletes, and I think we're at in society, we want to kind of see what it's all about and what these people are going through and kind of evaluate them more on that kind of human level. Yeah. So I kind of want to be that that face where I can kind of create that platform for mm -hmm. these guys and they can control and create all their own content. Oh, that's super cool. So, yeah, because, I mean, social media has uncovered so much as far as um, really seeing inside you know, especially the, the celebrities, the athletes, the people that we see in movies, on TV, you know, on the field. And you get a little bit into that, you know, oh, yeah, these are real people Absolutely. who have, you know, their daily routines. They have their families. They have things that they're passionate about, causes and things, um, community, um, you know, volunteering and things. Um, but, yeah, to give them that, that ability to say, okay, oh, yeah, that guy, that quarterback threw four interceptions, and that, as a fan, that made me really upset. But then I see the next day he's at the children's hospital, and 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 you know being hope and inspiration to to sick kids, and you know so you, you humanize them more, and and they're not just their results; they're they're real people, and absolutely with with story and and with you know with real emotions and real real things happening. Absolutely, that actually I actually do public speaking. Okay, so I, I've gone That's to some awesome. schools. Um, I'm starting to build relationships. Just actually, a lot of it's from recruiting. Mm -hmm. A lot of high schools that I know. I know a lot of schools in the area. I'm, I'm a journeyman, I would say. <laughs> and so um, I go to schools, and you know, I just talk to kids. I do like career days. I talk about you know my story, where I'm at, and kind of you know taking you know your basic skill set and creating that feel for you. C create your own career, and kind of thinking more with that kind of entrepreneurial, innovative mindset. Mm -hmm. And so. For my public speaking, I actually have a, a nonprofit. It's called oh, Embrace cool. and Believe. Okay. And, you know, it's thinking about embracing the obstacles that come your way and believe that with hard yeah. work and commitment to the process, you can overcome it. Okay. And That's so sweet. I actually, I'm going to be collaborating down the road with, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dion DiMucci. You ever heard of Dion? No, I haven't. Uh, Dion in the Belmonts. He was a singer in like the okay. 40s and 50s. Oh, that's awesome. He's, a, he's a, not a client of mine, actually. And so me and him have been talking uh, very much from a spiritual career growth, you mm -hmm. know processes and where you're at in your life and you know just self-development mm -hmm. understanding of self and going to create almost like a, a blueprint we're going to go and just kind of send these off to schools and tell people about 
you, you know, spread awareness, mm-hmm. to, you know, becoming the true version of yourself, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I'm looking to do. And so down the road, I would like to get all the athletes that I represent going to their communities mm-hmm. and begin, you know, sharing their stories as a part of this concept. Maybe just spread awareness of com- combining, you know, uh, athletics and, you know, um, com- uh, I would define that as unifying communities, mm-hmm. unifying communities, just you know, that college atmosphere where everybody's in it together for the same cause. Yeah. Like, that means a lot to me. Absolutely, yeah. So where can people find you? Uh, online, uh, social media, if you, if you want to share that. It's funny, but I'm, I have very minimal presence at the moment. This okay. is kind of like, I am, I'm actually going to be on the road now. So from here, I'm going back to uh, South Florida. Okay. Going to Boston next week. Nice. Going to be going to LA uh, soon. And so... Yeah, I just, I don't really have my, I also have an Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Coach Wilson 369. That's all I have right now. I have a website that's going to be up and running, the whole hyperspeed and my YouTube page. I actually released a, um, a short inspirational video. I'd like for you oh. guys to actually check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can link that in the show notes. on the beach, um, kind of do, doing a poem that I wrote. I actually oh, wrote it here at CSP. Nice. And it's kind of a little bit of my media platform uh-huh. and the type of content that I'm going to creating down the road for myself and for athletes. And so just those three platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and um, YouTube, down the road, I'm going to have a website. I'm very much in the genesis of, mm-hmm. you know, building my brand and whatnot. So that's why these opportunities are just great for me to kind of just talk about who I am, where I'm at, and where I envision myself down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we thank you for sharing your stories. Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up today? Uh, no, I just, I'm, really excited to see you know csp grow down the road this is just great um you know one thing that stands out to me it's the only division two school in the twin cities Mm -hmm. um it's in a great conference the nsic is a very good conference there's a lot of job opportunities here um you know post post college and i think it's a great place i think you know just kind of spreading this place um through branding and marketing to you know a kid in California, a kid in Washington, yeah. getting this school out there because I think that there's a lot to be had here. So I, I want to be a part of you know this school's growth down the road. So I'm happy that you guys can provide yeah, this platform absolutely. for me. Yeah. You know, it feels like home, um, and just you know keep growing myself in the university. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate your your story and your thoughts and your passion. So. Yeah, best of luck uh, with your future endeavors, and uh, we'll be cheering you on. And and uh, you know we have our alumni business directory, so when you're up and running with everything, you know we can feature you there and and uh, and share with our alumni uh, who are in Florida. Hey, there's awesome. this there's this guy who uh, help you uh, you know with your training and 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 other business uh, ventures too. So yeah, thanks so much awesome. today. Thank you, I greatly appreciate it. We're really grateful that Antone spent some time with us on his trip up to Minnesota and wish him the best in all of his endeavors. Our next episode will be out in two weeks, and we'll have the second part of our Financial Planning for Young Adults series. Professor Teray Johnson, who teaches finance at CSP, will be sharing about some specific options you have to manage your financial resources. So we hope you'll listen to that and learn more. Thank you for listening to Leading in Legacy today. If you haven't yet, please listen to our previous episodes and rate and review the podcast. Have a great day.